When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now, go. Hello and welcome to Oh My Dog with me, Jack D. And me, Sean Walsh. This is our weekly podcast where we reveal the most intimate, ridiculous details of our relationship with our beloved dogs. I have the delightful, spirited Mildred Barrett, who is a cockapoo. My streetwise best friend is Dolly, the long-haired chihuahua whom we rescued. Uh, This podcast sets out to answer the all-important questions like, how do you greet your dog? Uh, Do you kiss your dog on the mouth? Does your dog sleep in your bed? And so on. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any of our chats with our equally dog-obsessed guests who roll over and tell all. You are very much part of this podcast too, and we want to hear from you. You can get in touch by emailing us at hello at omdpod.com. And find us on Instagram at omdpod. So give us a shout and follow us on social media too. Hi Jack. Hello Sean, how are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, very, very good, thank you. How's uh, how's your week been and how's Mildred? Mildred's good. I was away in Ireland for the weekend. Oh, right. And um, when I got back, uh, Grayson and, and Mildred came to meet me at Hammersmith Station. Oh. And that was really lovely. Try this with Dolly. Maybe you have tried this. I saw Mildred from afar, from across the road, but she hadn't spotted me yet. So I, I crossed the road, but I went, I walked away from Mildred and yeah, hid yeah. behind a bin. <laughs> um, <laughs> why? Right, because because I I, I want I'll tell you why. Because <laughs> I wanted to spot her kind of sniffing me out. And it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. You can watch, so I hit behind the bin and I, with my head poked around the corner and then you can see Mildred going, hang on a second, <laughs> hang on, that's, he absolutely stinks, he's not washed again, that's it, where, where is it? And you can see her sniffing for you and then she spots you and she went absolutely berserk and it's so much fun, but it's so much joy watching her figure that out. But I am worried that she could smell you beyond the smell of... <laughs> Hammersmith bins. (laughs) I mean, that's, you know, (laughs) that's not a story to brag about. We can edit that out if you like. You know, (laughs) that's terrible. (laughs) I I, I washed when I got in. I washed when I I got home, obviously. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Have you done that? Have you, but it's, it's, yes, you are right. 
I, I like to think of it, it's not that I stink more than the bin. I, do, I like to think of it as she has such uh, strong senses that she can uh, decompartmentalize between all of these different smells. Honestly, stop digging, mate. You just... <laughs> <laughs> You've told us the story. We know what happened. But have you never seen Dolly do that? Um, I've seen, well, with Dolly, she sometimes, when Joan has been out, yes. and then I'm walking up the road, because it, it coincides with me taking her out for a walk, and then Dolly, Yes, and exactly Dolly, that. And she spots Jane. She actually sees Jane. She's yes. very good at sort of seeing. And then Dolly, who never walks, who makes us think she needs carrying everywhere, suddenly breaks into a run. And I'm, I'm sort oh, of being dragged up the pavement by her to get to lovely. Jane. I know, I know, it's adorable. You must film that next time. Yeah, I should try that to. Happens. I should try to. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But um, she had a very nice weekend actually, because well, oh, yeah. it was in, it was an interesting weekend because we had a Jane's birthday was uh, a, a few days ago when I was in Norway and Jane came out to Norway, which was very nice. But we had a little oh, family party over this weekend, so Nelly came over. I see you said family there and not family and friends. <laughs> Good yeah. move. Nice play. Yeah, yeah it was just, it was purely family. There's <laughs> sticking to family at the moment. So Nelly was over and... Uh, oh, yes. Of course, we love Nelly. Which is always hilarious. The French bull terrier that uh, belongs to uh, my daughter and her boyfriend, but also a new character. So Dolly is very happy about Nelly coming around. She doesn't mind. She's kind of cool with it. But then... Charlie, my son, and his girlfriend, Maddie, came over. Yeah. And Maddie has got a lovely Dalmatian called Lenny. And I must admit, I'd never met a Dalmatian before, really. Oh, right. And certainly, I don't think Dolly had. But it was um, Dolly was not as pleased to see <laughs> Lenny as she was to see Nelly and made it fairly obvious. She was not. Her hospitality <laughs> skills were shown to be wanting because Lenny is the sweetest dog as well as lovely kind faces you know the dog has oh yeah and, and very soppy and he was a rescue and he doesn't like being touched on his ears or on his bottom by strangers and to which we can all relate let's face it <laughs> so Lenny came in and uh, to make him feel at home we got a little a little blanket that Dolly sometimes lies on on the terrace yes. and we put it out for Lenny and immediately Dolly jumped off Jane's lap and sat on the blanket and just, and wasn't, and yeah. And just to say, no, 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 you got this wrong. That's, that's not for him. This is mine. And we had this thing where they all got a treat, a little treat, these little pig in blanket treats that we sometimes give the dogs. And Dolly specifically, because they all wolf it down, the dogs, but yes. Dolly would hold on to hers, not eat it, and then put it down in front of her on the blanket and just look at the other two dogs. And they were kind of sitting there thinking, oh, if you don't want it, I'll have it. And, and she's just like, you try. You try. make a move. I will kill you. I... It was it was brutal. It was quite, and it went on all afternoon. She wasn't she wouldn't let up. That's and I think this is very typical. So I remember we, with Darcy was was one of our Dachshunds that we used to have, who was very like Dolly in that in that behaviour. But we had a pug who came over, yeah, with her with her owner, and the owner brought the. the yeah, pugs. you didn't have to. You didn't need to tell us that bit. He didn't. No, he no, didn't just knock on the door on his own. Yeah, no, got you know. got an Uber. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Um, but uh, the pug came over and brought the pug's bed and put it next to Darcy's bed. 
you know what Darcy did? Darcy got into the pug's bed and weed in it just to say, <laughs> you know, the humans are trying to make you feel welcome, but you do need to know that you're not. It's, it's, it's very simple. <laughs> it's hilarious. I just love seeing the mind games that go on. And, you know, this Lenny, this lovely Dalmatian, yeah. you know, probably six times the weight of Dolly. I mean, yes. you know, it's like, you know, having a, a conversation with a horse or something. Yes, of course. That's how big it is, a shire. So that was that was our weekend and it went on like that. And Dolly was on full kind of, this is my house and these are my people. So, yes. you know. And remind me, remind me, just to, uh, Dolly and Nelly get on, don't they? Dolly and Nelly get they on. They do get on. I think Dolly is actually very fond of Nelly because uh, she's, she's a very sweet girl, Nelly. Are they happy to see each other? Yeah, pretty happy. Although you can't tell because when they come to the front door... You open the door and Nelly just, you're, you're just aware of this grey streak going past your legs. And what she's doing is going straight through to the kitchen because she knows Dolly won't have eaten her supper. Oh, yes. And, she'll just, and she just hoovers up whatever's in the bowl. And that's, that's yes. why she loves coming over, basically. It's like, yes. there's free food on the floor. It's great. Yes. <laughs> I always love it when Nelly's round because it means that if the TV's on, she's going to watch the TV. <laughs> And she's going to walk off at the perfect moment. At the most perfect moment, yeah. yeah. She'll just, oh, no, I can't, be, I can't be doing with this. Did she watch the Schofield interview? <laughs> you got any footage of that? I think she's she's walked out on Holly Willoughby. She's, you know, <laughs> she's been following it very carefully. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> So we've got some fantastic, we've got, well, some, we've got a fantastic guest with us yeah, I'm today. so excited about this, yeah. Uh, but before we meet our guest, we're going to check out some voice notes from our listeners that we love getting. Sarah Browning here has contacted us through our website. Yeah, omdpod.com. So it's nice, nice that people are getting in touch through that. That's really good. Yes, there you'll find the episodes of Oh My Dog, of course, and our Spotify playlist of dog songs. Yeah. So you can check that out. Yeah. That playlist was mainly put together by songs chosen by Jack. And I, <laughs> I've i got one song in there by Blink-182 called <laughs> Dogs Eating Dogs. Can do that, yeah. But Sarah writes, uh, excellent podcast, everyone. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. Um, here is the song I sing to my dog to the tune of Daisy Daisy. Uh, that's an old uh, sort of Edwardian song, isn't it? Bicycle no idea. Built for two. I I mean, I know because I know that. It's not because I'm so old that I remember the, the Edwardian <laughs> top 10 hits. <laughs> but it's that, you know, Daisy, Daisy, that's the song. So she apparently must go, Maisie, Maisie, she did a smelly poo. Maisie, Maisie, she did it in front of you. Why was it a whopper? But nothing now can stop her. She likes to eat cheesy treats and occasional vindaloo. Okay. Right. Well, thank you, Sarah. That's probably the most elaborate lyric that we've heard. So Yeah. <laughs> I want to thank Sarah for not sending in the voice note so that Jack had to do that. <laughs> I, yeah, I wasn't planning that. I was just like, I was, re- I was reading down and then I thought, oh, this is going to make no sense unless I, unless I sing it. Luckily, I'm, you know, a trained singer, as you can tell. Yes. And I think I got away with it. <laughs> you did. <laughs> it was beautiful. Thank you. Uh, now we do have a voice note. Uh, this is from Jess Goldstein, uh, sent us a uh, photo of her Tibby, Tibetan Spaniel, called Gary. I think it's Tibetan. 
Oh, what did I say? Yeah. Tibetan. <laughs> you did. That's okay. <laughs> Tibetan. Yeah, it sounds like a sort of uh, uh, some sort of product. You know, Tibetan. You wash yes, your hair with. I use Tibetan yeah. for split ends. <laughs> Should have just stuck with Tibby. Tibby's called Gary, uh, and his her voice note with not one but two songs for Gary, a Tibetan Spaniel. Hi guys, uh, I'm Jess. I absolutely love the podcast. Thank you. My fiance and I have a eight and a half month old Tibetan Spaniel Tibetan. who we rescued. He has okay. a an underbite and a snuggle tooth, and we called him Gary. And he suits him very, very well. I have two songs that I sing to Gary. Do I love you? Yes, I do. Do I love you? Yes, I do. Do I love you? Yes, I do. Even when you eat your poo. <laughs> and the second one, it goes like this. Gary the puppy, Gary the puppy, Gary the puppy, Gary the puppy. Gary the puppy, Gary the puppy, Gary the puppy, Gary the puppy. Thanks. Thank you, Jess. That was uh, that was almost a concert of uh, <laughs> yeah. wasn't it? It's a, a medley of of Gary based songs and a great name for Gary. I imagine that's probably a, quite a big name in Tibet, isn't it? There's a lot of people in Tibet called Gary, and so that's so why she chose that. Sounds sounds lovely. Yes, uh, thank you, Jessima. And I think again, it's funny. I didn't realise how many people have social media accounts for their dogs. But if you yeah. want to check out Gary the Tibby, you can do at Gary the Tibby. So I'm, I, I presume that's on on Instagram. You'll be able to see a photo there of of Gary if you want. Gary being sung to, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. So Tony Robinson is best known as the beloved turnip-brained Baldrick in Blackadder. And over his 60-year career, he's presented countless documentaries, including 20 years digging up bones on Channel 4's time team, Every Dog's Dream Job. And this year, he started hosting his own history-focused podcast, Cunning Cast. But we don't want to hear about all of Sir Tony's amazing achievements. We want to get to know him through his dog. Hello, Sir Tony. Hiya. Oh, there's Holly Berry. Beautiful. Look, there's Holly Berry. Straight away. West Highland Terrier, isn't she? She is. Yeah, she is. There she is. And the, uh, she's adorable. She's sniffing the camera. Yes. Uh, she she is blind, which is oh. a story that I will tell you about at some length. I'd love to hear, yeah. It says in the notes here that you discovered through DNA that she was a Westie. What was that about? Oh, you know, you can yeah, any dog can get their DNA done, can't they? Right, yes. And, uh, I don't know, we were just curious about her history, really. Mm. She was a rescue dog, yeah. and she was designated a, a Westie. And we we didn't know what that meant, and we didn't mm. know how many behind-the-bike sheds couplings there'd been in the course of her and her mummy and daddy's lives. Yeah. Um, and so we had the DNA done, and it just staggered us to discover that she was pure Westie. Pure Westie. Not that it matters a jot to us. No. The irony is, yeah. isn't it, that if you have, like, a dog that that is a pedigree dog then they're not really a dog anyway. <laughs> Real dogs are the ones that have come through history yeah. having arbitrary and brief love lives. Yes, <laughs> yes. I guess being a historian, you, you, it was 
inevitable you needed to find out as much as you could about her. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. partic- but I think particularly being a rescue, you know, yeah. there, are, there are always huge question marks, yes. aren't yes. there, over what happened to her before. And when That's we right. got her, she was in a terrible state. Oh, bless. So she was six years old, was she? When you got her? Yeah, oh, that's so. right. She was about six. Yeah. About six and a half, really. Okay. And uh, she was a genuine rescue. In, uh, in other words, the RSPCA had actually intervened. Oh, wow. We got her from RSPCA Derby, who tried so hard to to get her treated well. And she had a couple of foster, I can't say parents, can you, or owners. I don't know what, what the good word is now for people who look after your dog. But uh, but th- th- they were they were elderly yeah. or, or sick or poorly or whatever so she just got going again as it were and then she had to go back to the dog home and and my wife was just browsing through like us stupid dog people do interesting looking dogs online yeah. and uh, and she saw this photo of her at uh, Derby RSPCA and we phoned them up and yes sure it, she was available this was three days before lockdown and it wasn't like that we meant to have a dog for lockdown it was just purely coincidental but I'd but because right. everyone was scared about about what was going to uh, happen what the implications of lockdown were I drove yes. the car out with Lou and I'd promised my daughter that I wouldn't go in to the actual RSPCA because you I was over 75 and mm. no one quite knew what was happening and so uh, as we drove up the motorway as you do when you're over 75 <laughs> I stopped for a pee but I don't know if you remember all the public toilets were <laughs> locked and barred oh. at that time. And as I got, I got closer and closer until my bladder was the size of the Isle of Wight. And when, and, and, and when I got there, what did I do? I just kind of burst in <laughs> in panic. Went to the gents. And, and when I came out, the woman in charge of RSPCA Derby was holding this dog who I immediately fell in love with. Oh. Of course... The problem was she took photos of her and they went in the paper, which grasped up the fact that I had actually been into the RSPCA. So my daughter was... I'd lie. I just lied. She said, when I came back, she said, did you go in? And I said, no. I lied to my daughter. Oh, you lied. It was absolutely busted. (laughs) And then Lou joined me. And neither of us can remember actually saying, yes, we will have this dog to each other. We didn't go away and say, I think we ought to have a discussion about it or anything. Things like that. Oh. As soon as we saw her, her assumption was, yes, she would be in our lives. That's lovely. How wonderful. Given the timing of it, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say you you will have saved her life. Yeah, I think definitely, Jack, because wow. the reason being, wow. she needed an awful lot of medication yeah. and she needed an awful lot of time. Mm-hmm. And given the state she was in, I think before she was going to start to heal, she really needed just to feel secure. Well, what was the state that she was in that you had to help her get out of? She was so skinny that, you know, she looked like ghost dog. Oh, my God. She's got so much character, but she wasn't very cowed. She had a lot of skin diseases. She didn't have much hair. Uh, she looked like a little, like a little oh. dog rat, but oh. the hair was partly because she she was just disturbed, but partly because they'd had to shave her back in order to try and yeah. address all the skin problems she got. She had terrible problems with her eyes, oh uh, yeah, everything really, oh. you know. Oh. 
But she had such character. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And she got confident that we weren't going to muck her around very, very, very quickly. Good. Was there a plan of action that how, or any guidance on how to help Holly kind of back mm. into, uh, you know, safe space, the real world? That's an interesting question. We always felt we could phone RSPCA Derby when, whenever we wanted to. Oh, that's great. So it wasn't like, I mean, I can remember like when my mum had Alzheimer's and that was quite a long time ago and nobody knew anything about it and the doctors didn't know anything about it and every day was a panic because you didn't know what to do mm. but I never really I never really felt that so yeah. I don't think Louise did having said that I think most of it was instinct really okay uh, and Lou is a, a very good carer and the thing about lockdown was it's probably the same for you two I was at home more than I had ever been in my adult life mm. and it meant that, uh, that yeah. I was able to bond with her much more swiftly than I think I would otherwise have been able to do so there were always the two of us around the amount of medication she still has an enormous amount of medication but the, the amount of medication we just had to keep on sort of giving it to her and her getting used to it and yeah. her getting used to us poking around with her eyes and uh, yes I suppose because it was lockdown you didn't have the opportunity to do that thing that me and Jack have learned quite a lot of dog owners do now. It's quite the modern way of owning a dog is is getting a behaviourist in to kind of help you with Holly. No, we didn't need it. She didn't need one. And she taught us all we needed to know about her. She was our uh, animal behaviourist, if you know what Oh, I mean. that's lovely. Uh, and it yes, was very... Yeah very easy for us to find out what her desires and, and needs were. And she isn't a destructive dog. She isn't, well, that's not fair. She doesn't express her any disconcern destructively. So, there, you know, there, was, there weren't those kind of problems. And not yeah. really very much problematic weeing and pooing. Uh, having said that, a 3,000 quid carpet went has got some very interesting patterns on it, which I don't think are Persian. Yeah. <laughs> but apart from that... Yeah, yeah. Any residual problems uh, that Holly has? Is she, like, sometimes you get dog and they particularly don't like men or particularly scared of, you know, hairbrushes or something. Yeah. She's not a dog's dog, really. Right. She'll sniff the occasional nose and once a week she'll give herself a treat by sniffing a dog's bottom but really she she's much happier sniffing the ground she reads the ground mm. like elderly people read the telegraph you know she starts at the beginning <laughs> of the street and just works her way through probably yeah. probably getting better content i have to say <laughs> i'm going to ask you particularly tony do you think dogs have a sense of humor and i i i, I, was, I was going to answer that what do you think about that I'm not sure Holly Berry does. I think I, I suspect there are some dogs that have something mm. like that. Yeah. She has things that she likes doing very lightly. Like we, I, I don't know if you've seen them. It's a circle and it's like kind of pretend wood with pegs in, and you mm. can lift them out with the dogs can lift them out with their jaws, and underneath there's a little piece of carrot. Oh right, yes, yes. Yeah. And I think she oh, gets right. enormous pleasure. Yeah, from doing that, but no, I, I, I don't think it's funny. But then neither you or I have a sense of humour, Jack. So I guess that's true. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think they have. Um... Shouldn't point any fingers. <laughs> I think they have a sense of fun. Often dogs. Um, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, and absolutely. sometimes that spills over into trying to engage you in what they think is fun, and that, yeah, that becomes absolutely. funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. 
<laughs> so do you have a special voice for, for when you're talking to Holly? Yes. No, don't be silly. Of course I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it ridiculous? Yeah. That actually, when you're out walking, you are prepared to deploy in a really very loud voice yes. a tone that you would never yeah. adopt to virtually anybody, even in private. <laughs> only maybe your partner when you're feeling very <laughs> pissed and very guilty. That's the only other time you would ever use that, that tone. Yeah. And yet you do it in front of strangers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it comes naturally. We don't, no one chooses no. these voices. I don't think you would have selected that voice. That would have been the voice that was kind of given to you and just comes out, It's part of the toolkit that God gave us yes. <laughs> in the garden, which we yeah. only... Yes. Which is probably the first time it was ever used was Eve talking to the snake. <laughs> That's interesting to imagine what that voice would have been, yeah. yeah. Jack actually has a voice... He uses a voice for his dog, Dolly. So he actually has a voice of Dolly's voice. Can, can you just show me Dolly's voice, Jack? I channel Dolly through me. So, yes, so Dolly channel. will say, um, say do, you want, do you want to go out for a walk? And she said, no, I'm all right, actually. I don't. I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, so your dog actually is Mickey Flanagan. <laughs> a bit, yes, yes, she's got a bit of that. He comes around your house every day, puts on a dog suit. <laughs> I'd like to go out, out now if you don't mind. <laughs> because she's tiny and I usually carry her for the first bit of the walk, I'm always talking to her and she's talking back to me. And I can see people going past thinking, oh, he's on his way out, isn't he? He's, he's really lost it big time. Yeah. Because Holly Berry's now blind, yeah. when we're out, she likes to hear my voice, not because she particularly is interested in what I'm saying, but it's a great locator for her. And it also gives her confidence that yeah. she hasn't gone out into the road or whatever. So our walks are really a stream of consciousness on my part. <laughs> Most of the time, simply telling her how great she is, just because I want her to hear that tone of voice that says everything's cool. Yeah, yeah. And I repeat things over and over again. I, and, and just like gibberish, I will say to her, you're the best dog in the whole of the United Nations. They're yeah. all there and they're all clapping their hands and they're saying, dogger, 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 you are so wonderful. Even North Korea, darling, even North Korea, right now, they're saying it too. And the Yemen, you know, I mean, it goes on for hours and hours. And it, that sounds fantastic. Would you take me for a walk? Yeah. <laughs> Please. Sounds like a good confidence boost, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> need it, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I take it because she's blind that you you can't take her off the lead. Then when you're taking her for a walk, that's that's not an option. It it can be an option. Uh, one, but she because she's pretty cautious. A, it's very unlikely she, that she will go anywhere. And you know how the the gentlest, most disciplined of dogs, if they see a fox run past them, they will fling themselves into the road after after the mm. fox. She won't see the fox. Oh, right. So the the chance right. of being disturbed is slight. Nevertheless, in London, you're going to be a bit of a mug, aren't you, if you take your dog off the lead in, um, in a busy street. Yeah. And all, all the people listening to this are yeah. going, no, it's a sensible thing to do. Anyway, I don't want to do that. But, uh, yes, we, I, I, I do take her off the, the lead a bit, and she's fine. We're much more conservative about the roots that we take her on just because she likes the familiarity. Yes, of, yeah. uh, yes. One thing she's great about is that 
I would just say step when we're coming up to a curb, and she just knows what that is. Wow. And she barely breaks. Oh, very good. Pace. That's interesting. She knows it's there. And on the other side, on the far side of the road, I just say up, and and, mm. and she'll get it. Very rarely gets it wrong. Isn't that incredible? Did yeah. she go blind since you got her, or was she blind? Yeah. Yeah. The heartbreak was. She was. A, she became a bit of a celeb dog, uh, really simply because I wanted to promote RSPCA Derby, as you, you yeah. both absolutely understand. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't realise that most of those regional RSPCAs don't get money from the RSPCA nationally. If you donate to the RSPCA, it doesn't shuffle down to those right? regional things. You, they have to raise the money themselves. Oh. So, it, you know, it's a pretty right. underfunded outfit, as they all are. Right. And I could get them, you know, I, I must have raised about 20 grand for them, I'd have thought, which oh, is, you right. know, it's enormous for them. It's an mm. enormous amount of, oh. of, of, um, of money. But that involved going on the telly and, and yeah. talking about her and talking about a dot yes. don't shop and that kind of thing. Yeah. So I did, you know, I did the one show and I did BBC Breakfast and all of those things. And I remember it was I had learned just before we did the the one show that that she had diabetes, and they didn't really want me to talk about the diabetes. And I was quite happy to, you know, to, to play that yeah. game. And so she was like in the street, everyone would go, oh, that's Holly Berry, isn't it? And because she's got that funny name, people recognised her too. And we <laughs> suddenly realised we got diabetes and, then, and that was like major, major crisis time. And very quickly they said, she may well go blind. And very quickly, again, we saw that she was losing the sight in one eye, took us to the specialist and he said, yeah, it's completely gone. She will probably lose the sight in the other. It may be a year. It may be months. It was four days later. Oh, Bang. No. Just like that. It just oh. went. And, wow. so, and all wow. that work that my darling wife had, had put into bringing her eyes back to life, um, yeah. you know, all the time we had yeah. to put drops in her eyes and her sight came back and all that. And then suddenly it was so cruel that it had just gone. And poor old Holly Berry fell into a bit of a decline for about a month. Oh. And then gradually, and, and lost a lot of weight. Uh, and had yeah. scars all over. Oh, it was horrible, horrible, horrible. It was worse than when we took her in because I don't think we ever thought it was our fault, but it happened on our watch. And also there's that yeah. thing about you can get diabetes if you're a dog, if you're overweight. Now, she was slightly overweight, but my God, she'd always been starved, you know. Yeah. And, and hunger was her big thing. And she wasn't chronically yeah. overweight at all. But immediately th you think, oh, my God, have I blinded my dog? You know, Sweet. all that. So all yeah. those emotions come in. But gradually she's come back, and the vets have been just amazing. Good. Yeah. I'll have to do two more television series a year in order to pay for them, but nevertheless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It may sound like um, a, a silly question, but how do you know about the state of a dog's eyesight? How can you tell if she's gone blind? Or I yeah. couldn't, other than crudely seeing what she would respond right. to and, and what she she wasn't, and all that that flicking and and stuff. It is, to be honest, the only way that I knew she was totally blind because she seemed not to be quite blind to me was yes. when the specialist looked at her and shone the torch and and did all that. Yeah. And the problem right. was. With a lot of dogs, you can actually save their sight, but because her retina had been so damaged early on, there was there was nothing that they could do. 
And you said about, you know, when you're taking Holly for a walk and, you know, when you get onto the edge of the payment, you say step. But was that your own intuition or did someone guide you on that or did you? Because it's, it's a lovely thing to do. Intuition, I think. And I, we had to learn how to walk her again. You have actually to be much more concentrated because right. although she can guide herself a lot by her smell, sometimes she just gets really lazy, I think, <laughs> and thinks, stuff it, actually I'd rather get my face <laughs> smacked in by an impediment than constantly have to sniff all the time, particularly yeah. when she's tired at night. And, and sometimes she will slightly misread something. And very thin lampposts, for instance, yes. normally she will avoid them. But if my concentration goes, that's always the one that she's just going to go bop and go into. And the bless her, the top of her nose is really quite rough now. She's like, she's like sort of Frank Bruno, you know, he's going to go around for the rest Aww. of his life with the scars <laughs> from all those fights. Now, I listened to your fantastic podcast, Cunning Cast. I listened to the dog episode, which was great. And you spoke yeah. to dog professors towards the end of the episode and I recommend the episode to anyone listening and and of course the series it was some good news in terms of dogs yeah. loving us back see I've always been a little bit skeptical about that I've, I've always thought is, I was unsure yeah is my dog just emotional blotting paper uh, am I projecting this thing that I call love onto my dog and my dog is actually receiving it and pulling the right faces and making the right noises A because she's learned to do so and B possibly that it has even become imprinted in that species because that's the way they survive. You know, the lickier dogs have survived yes. because they're the ones that yeah. the Neanderthals didn't eat. <laughs> yes. And they lick us and we like them and so we give them food. Exactly. All Yeah, all, all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the very first podcast I made. It was a pilot. I made it about two years ago and I can't remember what the particular procedures were that, that got them to, to learn. Well, they did MRI scans. And then they could see that the brain was more active when they were with the owner. But then also, I think one of the professors said that, and we've learned this quite a lot, actually, on this podcast, is, you know, to go with your, your own intuition. When you get home, look at the behavior of the dog. The dog is excited. The dog is happy that you're home. I mean, that's it's those simple things to go on as well. I'm still never quite sure about those because... I have never received as much love when I come through the front door, even from Louise, who loves me, you know, more than her life, as I do from Holly Berry. <laughs> but while she's loving me, she is nudging me towards the kitchen and the bowl. Yeah. <laughs> I, sorry, I don't mean Louise. I mean... <laughs> it's one of the perks of, of the person you love coming home, that there will be a treat involved at some point. I yeah, think yeah. That as well. It's like, it's, it's like before you have a kid, when, when your partner is pregnant and you're talking to people ab about how you'll be, after yeah. you've had the kid, you say, actually, because I'm a performer, I'm not going to be there all the time. And even when I'm there, I, you know, I have to learn lines and things. So the kid will have to understand pretty early on that I, I have my own space and that that, that is kind of sacrosanct. Yeah. And, of course, as soon as you have your child, you realise 
that there's this person in your life who just loves you, who just thinks you're the best person in their life and all you want to do is be of service to them. And the notion that there is such a thing as your space has gone right out of the window (laughs) on day one. And I I think that that's true of your pets too, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Of course it is. Yes, yes, absolutely. Even when you do the firm voice. Yeah. You know that the dog understands they only have to do what they're supposed to do yeah. for maybe seven seconds. Yeah. Yeah, and- yeah. <laughs> have you always had dogs then? No. No, uh, Louise always had and her family uh-huh. always had. And in fact, our first dog, Winnie, who was also a, a, a rescue, had been a family dog, but because of various disturbances in family and problems, she she really hadn't been getting the concentration that she required. And I went up there and Lou said, can she come down and be with us, this dog, Winnie? And I said, look, I'm not a dog person. We're in a London flat. Out of humanity, yes, let's get her to come down. We'll have her for a fortnight. She can go to the vet every day, if you like, you know, whatever is needed. Christ, she stank when she came down. What she needed was Febreze. Um, but anyway, so she came down for a fortnight and stayed till she died seven years later. Oh, no. you know? yeah. I, I became besotted very early on. But, and I loved her very much, of course, of course, yes. of course, of course. She was at a terrier cross and she was just a, a great personality and everything. The thing was, when I started with her, I didn't know anything about dogs. I was kind of learning on her. Yeah. I was learning to be the partner of a yes. dog on the job. And after she'd gone, I said to Louise, I just wish I had had her like from the beginning or something. And having Holly Berry was great. You know, I'm not like a a dog whisperer or anything, but I just knew about their behavior a bit. So from day one, I felt I was able to contribute much more to her good life than I was able to with Winnie. I'm sure you did. It sounds sounds, uh, as though she's had an amazing journey having come to you and and Louise and and, and a lovely, lovely life. It's so, I, I think those stories are the best ones when it comes to dogs, you know. Absolutely. I think that the sad thing about uh, about diabetes is it is possible still that she can have a, a long life. Um, Winnie lived yeah. to some, just about 17. We were pushing around in a cart by the end, but uh, we pushed her around in this cart. And even though, <laughs> even though she wasn't touching the, the, the ground at all, which is going along a little pause, but still be going back and forth. As far as she was concerned, she was still. I'm flying. <laughs> but so, yeah, I was just saying so the likelihood is that she won't live as as long as Winnie did because something will get her, you know. Managing the diabetes day to day is that very involved? Yeah. I was up at six this morning giving the old insulin jack. Oh, really? And then we have to do it at 12-hour intervals. The reason that we do it early is that that means if we want to go out for the evening, we can go out for the evening without having to somebody take responsibility for for medicating it. Normally, I will get up at six. I can give her her insulin and her pills pretty much on automatic and take her out to the terrace for a poo. I can do that almost without waking up. (laughs) 
<laughs> and then I will go back to bed for <laughs> an hour and a half. Is the insulin a jab, is it? Yeah. Is it? Yes, in the neck, yeah. In the neck. Yeah. And that, you see, now I'm very confident about it. She's confident about me doing it. I just t- take a little sort of roll from back oh, of her neck, move it around slightly so that one place doesn't get hard, you know, that one piece sure. skin doesn't get hard. I think she feels it, but she's used to it now. It's, it's over and done, and uh, I don't give her a food, and, and it's not a problem. But first of all, it just freaks you out, doesn't it, the thought of having to eject this dog that you love twice yeah. a day. Yes. But it just becomes part of the routine. I don't even, yeah. don't think about it in terms of no. her suffering, and I don't think she does at all now. I'm sure she doesn't. When you, you leave Holly, if you leave Holly at home, is there a choice of music that you might leave on or or even a, a TV channel that you might put on for Holly? Classic FM. Is it classic FM, yes. But often, if we're going to be late, I will ask somebody, my daughter, my son-in-law, my PA or somebody, whether they'll come in in the middle of the evening and give her a wee and a poo. And just, yes. to be honest, because she has been so sick, just to check that she's all right. With a dog with diabetes, yes. there is the thousand to one possibility that she will fit and if she does we keep a, a pot of honey right. on the side and what, what what the person would have to do is take a huge dollop of honey rub it all around her mouth and then phone the vet and the vet will give instructions of, of what to do the likelihood of this happening yeah. is minimal yeah. but it would just be i think improper to ask somebody to come in and, and give them a little bit of treatment in the middle of the evening Yes. Uh, if, if you didn't do that. But what I was going to say was the other yeah. evening, I asked my PA to, to, to come in the middle of the evening. She said to me, well, what light should she leave on? I said, well, leave the hall light on. And maybe you could just put the, the lamps on in, in, in uh, the sitting room. Right. And then about an hour later, I thought, she's blind. <laughs> what, what was this conversation? What were we doing? <laughs> I suspect I know the answer already, but is, is, is Holly Berry allowed on the furniture? As with most animals, that's up to her, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, she's always been very good about that, actually. She will ask to jump up and sit beside her sometimes on the sofa, but she doesn't jump up. Oh, really? Oh, that's sweet. Does she have her own bed? Three beds, dotted around the house. Three beds, where are they? One in the bedroom, one in the kitchen, one in the sitting room. <laughs> she might be tired. You know, I'm a 76-year-old man. I, just, I would have three beds in the house if I could. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so where does she sleep at night? In the bedroom one? Not going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Mind your own business. <laughs> we, yes. no, uh, the, 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 the truth is, she sleeps on her bed in our bedroom most of the time. Just because, like, I mean, A, it's an indulgence, but B, if you've got a dog who could possibly fit, you just want to be, you want her to be around, don't you? close by. Absolutely. We also have a bolster, like, above our pillows, between our pillows and the headboard. And being a terrier... For some reason, she, she loves climbing onto that and like, like a leopard in a tree, you know. She, she, see, she'll yes, sleep yes. on that with one paw sort of like dangling down. So yes. if I roll <laughs> around, it will just brush her paw. Oh, that's and she's, she's got the that growl. She's got that mm-hmm. growl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't think we would want to have her in bed all the time. A, yes. you don't get such good sleep. It's a little bit weird. Although uh, we have done it in the past. Unwise but not illegal. Yes, it's exactly. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> That's a really topical joke. <laughs> I think it's got a bit of life in it yet. <laughs> Thank you so very much for joining us. It was really lovely to hear all about Holly Berry and her yes. amazing story. Just quickly before you go, so Tony, do you let Holly kiss you on the lips? Or around the mouth. More, I would say that's more Louise than I. No, thank you again very Not much for joining us. And, and we look forward to hearing more of your podcast as well. What, the one called Tony Robinson's Cunning Cast? That one. See what you did there. Yes, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Wow, that was uh, a fantastic story there, wasn't it? Hearing all about Holly Berry yes. and Tony Robinson's uh, West Highland Terrier. Yes, such a, well, as with all of our guests, but such a caring home, such a lovely yeah. place for, for Holly to be, well, saved, rescued. Yes, yes. Um, probably not the first of our guests have said they weren't originally a dog person, but then you go in there and you get, yes. and also I was fascinated to hear about the RSPCA and the way that works. That the local RSPCA outfit has to raise its own money. So I don't know where the money yeah. goes if you donate to the RSPCA generally. I actually uh, recently recorded catchphrase. Oh, yes. And donated to to the RSPCA. It's so annoying when you can't keep the money on those shows, isn't it? That's what I just think. <laughs> <laughs> I promise I'll use it for the dog. Can I just, can I just have it? <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Isn't it? I wonder where that goes. You need to be more specific because I think maybe I don't know. I don't. Know, I would, I'm, I'm sure they probably put it to good use as well. But it's uh, the local outfits need to raise their own money. So that's uh, something I didn't know. Yes, I'm sure with, with um, you know any any listeners listening that have a dog with diabetes, you will already know all the all the steps to take. But it was interesting to to hear that and hear the amount of care that, that goes into that. But it showed that I think that, you know, if your dog your dog is unwell, that you can still with the right care and the right mm. treatment, you can give the dog a, a lot of extra life. There's a lot of life there to be had. It's also incredible how much you can see uh, in this case Tony and his wife get out of looking after that dog who's a you know a dog that needs yes. a lot of help and a Absolutely. lot of uh, support and so obviously the dog gets a lot out of it but I guess you know they do as well and that's a sort of part of the nature of having a of having a dog isn't it yes absolutely I think when we I mean I've said this to you before that I think that that really for me, nailed this on is that when when we do eventually get another a dog it will absolutely be a rescue dog well it just seems like a, the, the, you know there are a lot of dogs out there uh, in those mm. rescue homes, and um, and that's no judgment on on anyone that doesn't do that. No. But for me, I think I'll, that will definitely. I think be if my you feel way. confident about doing that and you can, then it's a good thing. And as you say, it's not judgmental. Yes, Grace does feel confident uh, that she can. <laughs> Having you know made something out of you, she now feels that she can yeah. move on and. and... <laughs> take on a lesser challenge and it won't be so it, yeah it is it's good but like I say you know some people if it's their first dog or they don't feel quite ready to do that then yes. you know it, it's no one's business but theirs who they who they get as a dog but it's a lovely yes. thing to do isn't it and clearly I think Tony and uh, and his wife have obviously got so much out of doing that it's amazing they a wonderful job 
So, so thanks for listening to Oh My Dog. Every week we get all these insights from our guests. We hope you're enjoying getting to know a different side of them through their relationships with their dogs. Yes, and don't forget to get in touch by emailing us at hello at omdpod.com and find us on Instagram at omdpod. So uh, give us a shout there as well. Yes, we do love your voice notes. And remember, a dog is for life, not just for podcasts. I always used to do that line. Sorry. It was a good one. I had it. (laughs) 